let's see. So we got the first, or sorry, we're about to go to the first E. Um, first so we e. got the L, A, the Y. Now what's, what's the first E? The, the next E is elemental belief. And this one often gets doesn't get enough attention because one, it's in the middle of the anagram, but, and there's two E's. So it has to share a little bit of itself, but at the end of the day, you have to believe in, in yourself and you have to believe in the people around you. And that belief has to be a foundational understanding of yourself. And it took me a long time to understand and be be as self-aware as I am today. And I still have, miles to go but i'm much more believing in myself today as a pharmacist and leader than i was 10 years ago and sometimes when things go astray and you have to make a decision and other other people are telling you what to do you have to make a decision on what you think is right because you're the one that has to take it across the finish line and and own it after the decisions made whether it whether it fails or whether it succeeds. And the only way you can do that and still sleep at night is whether you believe in it or not. So your belief is your compass that directs the future direction. And it's based on your best fit for yourself. It's an elemental deep dome, deep bones kind of belief in yourself. Yeah. And I I feel you always hear individuals talk about betting on themselves. And that's what this, this E resonates with me is having an undeniable belief in yourself that whatever it is that you want to accomplish, it's going to work and you're not going to give up. You have to be resilient. That's something that um, I always talk about with colleagues, anybody I I mentor resiliency is going to be key, no matter what it is, if it's pharmacy, whatever career path you're trying to, to do parenting, whatever the case is, you have to be resilient and you cannot give up. There's going to be tough days, hard days. Maybe you take a break a one day or two or a week, whatever the case is, but you have to be resilient to get through to the other side and to um, truly believe if you truly believe in what you want to accomplish, it will happen with resiliency. Fully agree. It starts with believing in yourself. And at the end of the day, if, if you're not going to believe in yourself, then your team isn't and your patient isn't either. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. So, yeah. And, and that's where, you know, a lot of times they, they talk about confidence. That's a big thing. So whether you believe what you say or not, uh, I feel like something they always say when you're in your, like your residency interview opportunities, or when you're um, a student on rotation, they always say, say it with confidence, make your recommendations with confidence. If you're going to make it to the doctor or to the pharmacist, because if you don't sound like you truly believe what you're saying, why would I trust it? So you always want to exude that type of confidence, that belief in yourself that you put in the work, you have the knowledge, and you looked thoroughly into this to make the right and proper recommendation and the the safest and the best one for your patients. So that's something that I think also ties in here too. If if you're maybe you're not looking to make that leadership step, but that elemental belief in what you've been working on for the past couple of years to make these recommendations um, to a patient or to another pharmacist, if that's your preceptor or to a physician, that's something that uh, you definitely got to have. So say with confidence. And if you lack confidence, I always say, just fake it till you make it. Because <laughs> eventually if, if you just keep acting like you're confident, I'm one of those that believe eventually that'll rub off and then 
you know, we kind of talked about the exterior on the exterior, you'll seem confident, but eventually you'll probably start internalizing that exterior outlook of yourself. And then once you do that, then it's, you're going to, you're going to notice the change in the shift and then you'll definitely be confident in the recommendations that you make. If you, um, if you don't believe it yourself, then it'll show. And then let's see. So next up we have the R. R is, I was looking for a very specific synonym to describe systems and structure because I think pharmacy can be very repetitive and I've come to a real appreciation for trying to find the right way of doing something, take something that's big, break it down to its small components, perfect it, pilot with something, make it better, and then have it roll over, over and over and over again, like a flywheel. And that develops a system. And if you think about everything that we do, we are mediocre or we are great because of the pharmacy systems that we've built and the structure that we have within the pharmacy. So the systems and the structures in my mind have to be relentless. That was the right word that I, I think that describes this, this characteristic very well, that far, ideal pharmacy leaders are relentless when it comes to figuring out the right systems and the right structure for their pharmacy. They're productively breaking down all the tiny components of what we do, and they're impeccable on finding the right details of that perfected workflow. And once they have that and they know for a fact that it works, then they scale it into this symphony. It's not just a tiny component anymore. It's a whole orchestra. And then once we realize the product that this orchestra is putting out, all we have to do is fine tune it. This instrument's out of tune. We fix that. This instrument's out of tune. We fix that. But at the end of the day, we're constantly evaluating the overall system. And once it's built, it allows us to step away. We don't have to micromanage it. It turns over by itself and it gives other people a chance to create within it as well. So being relentless on the systems and structures around you and making sure that those are working optimally all the time. And I personally haven't had <laughs> any experience on, on more of a system and structure level, but I could see that in probably some of the the bigger uh, entrepreneurs, I guess I would say, maybe like a Tim Cook with Apple, Elon Musk with Tesla, you kind of see they have a relentless attitude and mentality to figure out some of the problems and having that type of mentality to, to bring a, a project to completion, mm-hmm. um, to figure out the, the right bolts, the right pieces, the right uh, size of an iPhone, the right um, intricate batteries, whatever the case may be, just just keep trying and keep going at it and at it and at it. And it's a constant thing. They don't get tired of that process and they just have a relentless mentality to it. And that's something that, you know, kind of learning from those type of individuals, I could see that also playing a role in the pharmacy profession where you have different um, healthcare systems, you have different softwares, um, CERN or Epic, et cetera. You have different um, workflows, so it's like maybe there's there's some problems that are coming in. The COVID-19 pandemic definitely probably revealed a lot of different problems within the systems and structures of hospitals. So now the pharmacy managers have to go back to the drawing board and be relentless and come up with a plan to, to handle this pandemic. 
So that's something that uh, probably definitely happened. I unfortunately wasn't able to be in those rooms to kind of see them work and navigate through this, but I could definitely see that being an important characteristic an ideal characteristic for any pharmacist leader. No doubt. I think, you know, some of the, some of the systems that we have fine tuned to get the most benefit out of basically look at taking the script count of of your average day and pushing it to be more predictable so that you can control it. And in a retail environment, that's incredibly challenging, but if you had this balance and on one side, you had an unpredictable script and on the other, you had a predictable one. If you could shift more percent script count over to the predictable side, it would allow you time to think. It would allow you time to fine tune. It would allow you to have more time with patients to make more impactful, valuable interactions, right? So that unpredictable script count, this is the systems. What systems in your pharmacy allow you to shift the balance to a more predictable script count, right? The unpredictables, the patient's waiting, there's no time to chat, you're rushed, that's where errors happen. You yeah. rush through counseling, very low quality, no relationship building, right? Moxel 500, three times a day, finish it with or the food, who cares? Done, right? Yeah. They can get that from a vending machine someday, right? Probably. Then there's no services, right? At least from a Canadian point of view or an Ontarian point of view, you know, there's certain things that we can bill the government for. We can, you know, you know um, we call the meds check where we can, we can, uh, we can get paid by the government to do, do certain things or immunizing or whatever it is. If you're very unpredictable and you seem to be just putting up fires all day, then you don't have time to do those things. Mm-hmm. Then you don't, really have time to figure out the drug inventory properly and you end up with owings and there's no time to add the OTC valuable item that they need. And then there's no staff coaching, right? They're just, whoever's good at this thing does it because they're good at it and they don't teach anybody else. And all of a sudden you're just putting out fires all day long, right? The unpredictable script count, the walk-in clinic, the antibiotic, the waiters, the hospital discharge, Those are the ones that you probably can't control, but all of the other ones, think of the refills that you check every day, all of that stuff that you're really busy with. Can you come up with relentless systems and structures to make them more predictable, right? Yeah. A lot of times, whether it's, you know, compliance packaging, batching your billing so that it's not taking you hours and hours each day to bill all those blister packs, right? The IVR, the app, the auto refill type system, med synchronization, central fill, the proper use of regulated technicians. Think about if you were doing 500 prescriptions a day, what percentage of those 500 scripts are predictable? When can you do them before the patient starts asking for them? And if you can get ahead of that, then imagine how valuable you'd be as a leader but you would have had to think a lot about the relentless systems and structure in your pharmacy. And those small components didn't mean much on Monday, but they do on Friday. It's kind of the the mentality, maybe like a snowball effect when it comes to paying back like student loans, just attacking little by little. So that Mm -hmm. way you don't have so much work to do at the end. So by doing that Monday and Tuesday, doesn't seem like a big impact, but when, once you get to that Friday, you'll really realize 
the impact of the decisions he made on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, really identifying those predictable scripts. Now for the next E, um, I know you said the first one was elemental belief, and it can sometimes be kind of mixed with the next one. Um, but what's the next E and why is that one important? The next E is esoteric grit. So the word esoteric means it's kind of weird, right? It's kind of off. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not average, right? Um, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, my, I grew up in rural Northern Ontario. My grandfather owned a farm and uh, that means he was pretty handy and he did a lot of stuff around the house. In fact, he built his own house with his hands and his wow. neighbors who were farmers. And at some point along the way, building a house in the country, you need a septic tank. And in order to put a septic tank in, you need a really big hole. So naturally, my grandfather took a spade and a square shovel and he dug a hole. But it wasn't an ordinary hole. It was huge. You could put it, you could fit a septic tank into it. It was seven feet long, seven feet wide and seven feet deep. It took him seven days to do. And when it came time for the engineer to drop off the septic tank, the engineer said, you know, there's no backup tracks leading up to this hole. (laughs) And my grandfather smiled because he was gritty. And not only was he gritty, but he actually enjoyed being gritty. In pharmacy, you have to like the grind because if you don't, you're not going to last. And the person who shows up each day with tenacity and finds pleasure in the small wins of the day actually gets a very esoteric feeling. It's very weird, but they end up enjoying the grind and they take pride where others normally don't. I get that question a lot when I, I, when I, or this theme of conversation a lot, when I tell people that I run triathlons and they go, why? But that allows me to build the esoteric grit. When you've got to put the runs and the swims and the weights and the bike rides in, and you, in, you can enjoy logging those in your training log, the product that you're going to get long-term is not average. It's not something that your average leader can create. So enjoy the grind. Find pride in the small wins of the day, completing the tasks that not, are not enjoyable individually, but appreciate what they give as a whole. And you'll feel what esoteric grit is all about. I completely agree. And there was an article two of my colleagues wrote um, in 2020. Um, big shout out to, to Riley and Morgan who I worked with on this article for the, um, the APHA, yeah, APHA ASP um, Student Pharmacy Magazine, um, where the article was titled Growing Your Grit to Emerge as a Leader. And we felt that to be successful in pharmacy, especially since the start of our rotations, which is around the time when we started this article, was the beginning of the pandemic. Um, we believed that you had to have a growth mindset. You had to have a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. If you don't know the difference, I challenge you, um, all of our listeners today, I challenge you to go ahead and Google that. You can watch some YouTube vids to kind of show the difference, but you have to have a growth mindset. And one thing that we kind of found um, 
a lot of individuals with growth mindsets that they mentioned grit. So really having a passion or perseverance to overcome um, anything and to really have that, what I call delayed gratification, understanding that you have to truly enjoy the process. You're not focused necessarily on the outcome. You just focus on the process on going through things. And that's what you truly enjoy. And the outcome will eventually play itself out and it'll play in the way that you want it to, because you've been working so hard in the process phase of it. So that's something that I always try to keep in mind, even with the podcast, whatever the outcome of this is, like, do we have end goals? Yes. But we're so focused on enjoying the process and enjoying uh, meeting individuals like you, Jason, um, being able to be part of this grind. Like, this is my second interview for today. I'm enjoying this. Um, This is my first time ever doing two interviews in one day. You know, uh, so this is a blessing to me. Some people might feel overworked, but this is a blessing. It's, an, it's a blessing to have the opportunity to have two individuals that were willing to be interviewed by me and to share their knowledge with all of our listeners and um, be able to educate us on how to be better at what we do. And so that's something that I completely agree. Having esoteric grit has to be one of the f- fundamentals, um, characteristics of a leader, especially in this profession with the ever-evolving role that pharmacists are starting to play in healthcare. This is something that we all need for sure. Love it. Where you, where you start, you won't finish. Mm-hmm. And everything in between is a process. And you, you have to enjoy that process because when you get to the finish line, that's it. And you, you, you have to make sure that you enjoy getting there. Otherwise, you won't appreciate everything that you have when you do finally cross the finish line. I think that kind of correlates what you hear about some individuals not being happy um, when they're like extremely wealthy or they said like they had certain goals. And once they accomplish it, they realize that they're not as happy um, mm-hmm. with it just because of the process. And I personal testament, mm-hmm. I wasn't happy when I graduated, to be honest, uh, when I got the D degree, I know a lot of people were excited. I, it didn't really phase me because to me it was like what I enjoyed was the journey. And it's like, the journey's not done yet. <laughs> I haven't retired. <laughs> like, this is just the beginning. So to me, it wasn't like celebrating this. It, it, to me, it was like, you should celebrate small things. So you should celebrate your graduation. Please, people do that. Don't <laughs> be like me. But um, for me, it was just more so like, this is just still part of the process. And it's like, I just want to continue to enjoy the process. And I'll celebrate when it's all done. But I just want to keep going through it. Like, next up is residency. Let's enjoy this. Now, next up after that, will, will it be, will it be a PGY2? Will it be working? What will I work in? What will, how long will I be there? What's the next process? And just enjoying that, enjoying the podcast, enjoying any other uh, creative avenues that I want to get into within pharmacy. And then at the end of the day, when I feel like I, I love sports, I always talk about hanging the jersey up in the rafters. Once that happens, then I'll sit back and truly celebrate everything. But until then, I just want to be in a moment and just be present, have my feet grounded and just enjoy everything that's currently going on around me. Awesome. I think you should, you should celebrate doing two, two interviews in a day. Start (laughs) that way. Yeah. Maybe I'll get some extra sleep tonight. Maybe that's how I celebrate. Um, Lord knows I need it. Um, uh, So for the last letter, so we've gone through six right now. The last one, the letter D, what does that stand for? D is discipline at the end of the day. Um, and I, I tried to make sure that 
I, you know, I, I sort of separated it from grit because in a lot of ways I was finding that I was trying to figure out whether this was all one bucket, mm-hmm. but being disciplined is more than being gritty. The, the, the D represents decisive discipline. And what that means is ahead of time, before you start, you have to decide with a premeditated commitment that you're going to do this and you're going to stick with it. You have to resist temptation along the way and you're going to have to stay the course. It means being really stubborn, basically. But doing that in a decisive way and making sure that you're making that decision, not in the moment when things are stressful and emotional, but doing it when you're rational and at your best before you start. And if you've done that ahead of time, then you've decided to be disciplined when it's time to give in or time to give up, then you will have committed to yourself ahead of time because you made the decision when you were rational and, uh, and clear minded. One of the maybe little anecdotes that pushed me to realize this piece was compounded during the pandemic. And I wrote a piece called Outdriving Your Headlights, which is one of the one of the 50 original articles on the website. But outdriving your headlights is something that I've used with the staff when they lose their heads. At times, I'm sure everyone can agree, it was a roller coaster of thoughts, especially at the beginning when we didn't know what this was, right? And, you know, what 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 is this illness what is it going to do how is this going to impact me my family my staff and there are moments in a pharmacy manager's life in a in a pharmacist's life at work where you can't control the future and you can only make decisions within the area ahead of you that your headlights are shining on so if you were driving a car you, you just can't worry about what's beyond the headlights. You can only control what, it, what, the, what the lights can see. And you have to have the discipline at times when things get hard to make sure that you're only staying within the lights. What if this? What if that? And if we can't control beyond that, then why are we worrying about that anyway? And that takes a lot of discipline. But Specifically, if you've decided to be disciplined ahead of time, you're more likely to stay disciplined when things get tough. Yeah, it's it's um it's actually interesting you mentioned that because that's one of my goals for this year. I always like to evaluate my evaluate myself twice a year. Once um January first, so New Year's, and then the other time would be around my birthday. My birthday is July eighth, so that's usually in the middle middle of the year. So around that time, I like to reevaluate as well. And one of the things I, I felt I could be better, or I didn't feel I knew I could be better at would be decisiveness. Um, so being more decisive and then being more disciplined with that, um, having a set plan and executing it instead of wavering. Sometimes things don't go with your way, go your way. So you think you should change, but if you stay the course, it does work out. So having that type of um, attitude, that stubborn mentality that you mentioned to stay the course and not give up, um, resist following all these different paths. You already set this out for yourself. Try it at least for a year. 
you know, try to make it work. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was supposed to be easy, everybody would be able to, to do it. So it's like one of those things where you have to have a stubborn mentality and, and be a little hardheaded and, and keep going along this path and to be disciplined and getting your work done and also be very decisive in the decisions that the decisions you have to make and in the different positions where they're relying on your leadership. They're relying on you to step up and do certain things and not to really waver. Mm, I don't know. Let's see what this person thinks. Sometimes it's, it's called upon you to kind of step up and make that decision. So being decisive and being disciplined were two things I definitely um, were looking to improve on this year. And I'm excited to, once I eventually join the course, to be able to kind of learn more about that and um, be able to get involved with that. You're on the right track, no doubt. And, then, and a bunch of your listeners, I'm sure, paused it when you said July 8th and is writing that down. You're going to get a bunch of birthday emails. I'm sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if you do, it will take a while before I respond. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, I like to enjoy myself on my birthdays. But, um, so kind of tying this all in, these seven characteristics, ideal characteristics of a pharmacist leader. You identified them. You believe that this is what's necessary. So how does your course, um, and we can, you can talk about more than just a course. I know you also have a wellness course as well. The, uh, more than just a leadership course, excuse me. You can also talk about the wellness one. But how does your course kind of tie in all of these to help bring out the leadership qualities within all of us pharmacists and even residents and pharmacy students? Like, how does this really pertain to all of us? I think I, I decided on a course. So the, the course is called Lab Coat to Leader. And I think it, it's, it spoke to that first day when I first became a manager, right? Where I flipped the name tag from pharmacist to manager and went like, what, what changed? What was different from a second ago when I wasn't anybody's boss and now I am. And I I think what I immediately thought is what course are they giving me? (laughs) You know, you come out of school, right? And you're given a course and the course is the credential, you know, there's a, there's an officiality to something and that you've created something that allows someone to uh, go through it and get everything they need. And all of a sudden they are, uh, they're capable and becoming a pharmacy manager is the opposite of that. It's not like that at all. And in the course, what I was trying to do was create something that didn't absorb a ton of time that people that pharmacists don't have anyway. So you can get through the course in about an hour of runtime between the video and the audio and everything else that's in there. But the idea of the course is that it allows us to um, share over a decade of pharmacist experience that, that I have. And it goes through three modules within that hour or so. The first one is breaking down the seven characteristics, um, kind of like what we did here in, in a conversation format, but I suppose they go through the seven characteristics uh, and how they relate specifically to pharmacy, sharing some of the anecdotes from, um, from, from my life over the years. Then in module two, it goes through um, the team building or uh, recruitment analyzing the staff, building better teams type of models. So finding the right people and then keeping those people and growing them mm-hmm. into their full potential is, is likely the, at the, the, the most challenging 
issue that pharmacists are going to have forever. That's not going away for a very long time. And I had been through a number of staff over the years. I've done a number of interviews. Now we're doing remote interviews sometimes. The It's all changed. And I wanted a way of doing it a lot better. So it's a mini workshop in module two about how to analyze what you have, figure out what you need, and then figure out a better way to find those people and then to grow them. And in that module, we need to, we we specifically go through how to do all this and not have it be another full-time job for you and absorb all your time. And then in module three, we break down some of the, the systems and the automations that uh, make or break a pharmacy's day. And we uh, brush up on some of the uh, systems that I've come up with that I couldn't live without today. Along the way in the course, there's a ton of tangents that you can take. I, I provide links to uh, uh, podcasts or to other sites or to books. Um, and also I've created are my own templates that are bonuses within within the course along the way that people can download, they can save to their computer and type into the PDFs, or they can just print them out, handwrite them. And along the way, you have access to, um, to this course uh, forever. So you can go back, you can rewind, you can fast forward, um, you can print things, bring them to the staff. There's also some videos along the way, short snippets that you can use to sort of get buy-in from staff as well. So you don't have to come up with all the messaging yourself. You can, you can have, um, you know, people like me that are, you know, speaking to your staff without me being in your pharmacy by showing them the video. So, uh, lab coat to leader kind of in a nutshell. And then the second course on the website is called Sleep and Nutrition for Pharmacy Workers. And it's the same kind of idea. The first module is sleep, all about sleep, why we do it, um, talks about uh, why it's so important and all the daily habits that pharmacists, pharmacy people are doing that is demolishing our nightly sleep. And then module two is all about nutrition. We talk, there's a meal plan in there. We talk about all the things that create uh, real real meals from my clients, from myself. We talk about how to eat properly when you're busy and forever interrupted in a busy dispensary. Um, there's even a little thing on smoothies and why those are not milkshakes because I've seen some pretty bad smoothies along the way. Um, <laughs> and then module three is, is the perfect morning. And the morning routine that sets you up for success. And there's uh, some templates in there. There's some cool ideas and the getting the leader to think specifically about how they start their day will make a big difference about how they execute their day. So the sleep and nutrition uh, course for pharmacy workers speaks specifically to that, that wellness piece the self-care piece, because if we're not taking care of ourselves, then where are we going to be in five and 10 years? Where are we going to be for our patients, our staff and our business? Yes. And that, that's something that it's so unfortunate. <laughs> it's, it's so unfortunate that a lot of pharmacists, a lot of healthcare individuals are sometimes some of the least healthy people mm -hmm. um, and we're the most educated as well. 
you know, we talk about how important it is to educate our patients on their disease states on diabetes. That's why they have a diabetes educator um, certification, you know, to be able to properly educate patients on how to manage um, their diet when it comes to diabetes. Like we, we hear about all these things about how the A1C can be lowered with drugs, but in all those clinical trials, they didn't make any adjustments to diet. If you had diet with some of these drugs, you could see their A1C go down very quickly um, as long as they're properly educated and they're exercising and they're doing the right steps. But unfortunately, a lot of times we don't practice what we preach. And that's something that I think a lot of us would do better if we would also go back and be a student, you know, um, or be a learner, be put ourselves in the patient's shoes by the course. It's only $67 for the sleep and nutrition. It's only $47 for the lab coat to leader. That's something where you get to go back and be a student and learn again and, and apply these things to your lifestyle. I think a lot of times we educate ourselves with a lot of information. We know a lot of different things, but do we ever execute? Do we ever actually apply those things to our daily lifestyle? Do we incorporate it to make the necessary changes to better ourselves? And this is something where um, it's an investment that you're making into yourself. So anytime you do that, I'm always going to cheer you on it and recommend somebody, somebody does that because like I said earlier, we teach and we tell our patients all these things, but how many of us are actually exercising as much as we tell our patients to do? How many of us are actually watching what we eat as much as we tell our patients to watch what they eat? We have to start practicing what we preach as well. Cause we want to make sure that we have great nutrition um, and great sleep. And I know I'm the first one to tell you, <laughs> I don't sleep enough. Um, but I do want to work my way to sleeping more. You know, it's time is an issue, but some things that you can do, um, for example, is find ways to, to manage your time a little bit better to maybe if you're working on a group project, divvy up the project a little 50, 50, instead of maybe taking the bulk load of, of the work. So doing different things to ensure that you get proper sleep and definitely performance is better when you do that, when you're well nourished, start meal prepping. That's something that I never did before this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started meal prepping, um, usually on Sundays or Mondays before I come into work. And it's now, now nutrition isn't a problem, just sleep. <laughs> so before it was both. So it's like, you know, baby steps, guys, baby steps. I'm a work in progress as well. So now I'm, I feel well nourished and I can definitely see the difference when I've had something to eat, when I haven't had something to eat throughout the day. Um, so just having the proper nutrition, um, the proper sleep that can definitely help improve us as leaders, as pharmacists, um, as employees, as friends, partners, et cetera, et cetera. So this is something that I think goes beyond the sleep and nutrition course goes beyond just pharmacy. And it's something that could be um, very impactful in our daily lives. It, it's amazing how, you know, the pharmacist that is, is counseling the patient on Zopiclone and going home and getting five and a half hours of sleep and thinking they're getting eight, right? And doing that five days a week. And then it's their weekend because they work every second or every third weekend. So you're right that we don't take our own advice. You know, one of my mentors this year literally told me he was diagnosed with prediabetes. Right. This is a pharmacist. He's been a pharmacist for 20 years. And how many of us are counseling on SGLT2s or, you know, or insulin? And 
are going to die of a heart attack at age 50. Yeah. How many of us have, you know, are going to, uh, you know, we're counseling on inhalers and smoking, right? We often don't take our own advice. And sometimes you need to hear it from one of your own. And having a pharmacist designed course that fits your lifestyle, that speaks directly to the concerns that you have because they've been through them is uh, hopefully refreshing and valuable to someone who takes the course. Uh, you know, the, the, the maybe a fun way of summarizing this up, and I think this is in one of the intro videos to this the this, this sleep and nutrition part. But um, you know, we we uh, nine years ago, my wife and I brought home our first baby, and uh, you know, it's 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 late after a big day at hospital and everything else that has to happen in that process. And we get home and we, you know, we forgot something, and so I go out and I have to go to the pharmacy, and you know, you're half you're half cognitive at this point because you haven't had enough sleep and your life's been turned around and I'm leaving the house. And my wife says, make sure you pick the right one. Ask the pharmacist. And I go, yeah, I'm a pharmacist. <laughs> and so are you, <laughs> right? Like we're not good enough and not caught, not enough to take our own advice any day, let alone when we're not, we're not rested, fueled and ready. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that kind of, reminds me of something i was listening to a podcast i wanted to say it was patrick bed Bet- david um but i'm not sure who the individual was but he was mentioning how every single year he would take on a new challenge um and one of the things he recently took on was like kickboxing and the reason why i think this ties into the first letter um of the acronym limitless humility was that he didn't want his ego to get in the way from him still being a student from him still having to learn and still needing help. Cause he mm-hmm. felt like, you know, I'm a millionaire. Obviously all the things I'm doing is working, but sometimes you still have to be a student of the game student of whatever profession you're in. That's why we still have to do CEs. So he would always tries to challenge himself to do something that he'll suck at to remind himself mm-hmm. to have humility. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of funny thing. And then I thought about it myself. I was like, huh, it's not a bad idea to have mm-hmm. something new, a new challenge every year to help reteach yourself and let you know, like, Hey, even though all these people are congratulating you and probably putting you on a pedestal that you don't personally put yourself up there and that you still keep yourself grounded and keep yourself at a level where you have limitless humility and are still striving to be better and still working on yourself and viewing yourself as a work in progress. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was um, I know a lot of times money is a big thing, but we're kind of talking off air. And and to me, I love books. I love reading self-help books and finance books and a good book is to put $20, $25. And it's like, for one of these courses, it's like you're buying two books, you know, it's um, what 22 modules, I think for the, for the leadership one. Um, So it's, you know, that's, you can look at it as like 11 chapters, maybe split that up into two books, really digest one of them for one month and the next month go through the next 11. So that's something that you could possibly do. If you feel like it's too much money, I think it's something that's going to be worth it. I'm definitely going to buy it. And um, I'll give you everybody my feedback on my experience with the course, but I'm going to look at it like it's a book and try to really take my time with it. Um, I try to read one book a month. So I'll try to probably watch these courses and view it as like one per month and just really play back, keep replaying it, keep rewatching it and keep relearning. Because that's something I think a lot of us fail to do. We read a book once and we never read it again. And that's not the point of a book. You got to keep going through it multiple times to kind of grasp the different um, teachings within it that you may not have caught the first time. Love it. 
I can't wait to hear uh, hear what you think of it. I think one of the so if you go to layeredleadership.ca, you'll have access to the two courses. Click on on one of those buttons. It'll take you through. It'll explain what's happening, and then it'll give you access to the portal. You'll create a password. Basically, when you buy, you'll get an email with a with a with an with a receipt, um, and then you will um, get get prompted to create a password, and then you'll be you'll be entered, and you're in for you're into the portal forever. You can rewind, you can go back, you can download, you can print stuff. Um, and then you can click on all the links that are available. You can uh, download all the different things. You can save them to your computer. You can show them to your groups, wherever you are. Uh, and along the way, it also explains how you can have access to the private discussion group. So think of this almost like a Facebook page, but it's not a Facebook platform. It's something um, that I have through the, the leadership.ca platform. And basically it connects like-minded people who are working on all the same problems. They just don't have access to each other. So, you know, uh, along the way, Joe, and if you were to go into the course, you'd be able to click a link and you download a free app on your phone and you'd be able to go into, uh, go into the layered leadership. Um, it's actually called layered leaders, the, the group. And you okay. could ask me a question and I'm in there and I monitor it, see what's going on. And we can, we can chat about, uh, you know, something happening in the pharmacy, uh, whether it's with staff or with patients or with workflow or whatever it is. So, uh, just, it's another option to allow us to continue the conversation, um, because we're going to have the best answers as a group. I only have a couple more questions for you. One of them kind of ties in, uh, two of them actually are kind of similar. So I'll kind of ask it in one question where, what are some of the misconceptions that you may be faced or you see in other pharmacists that are in managerial or leadership positions? What are some of those issues that you see that they face? And then what are some of the misconceptions about being a leader? I would say that um, what I've come to appreciate is that, uh, you know, a great pharmacy leader doesn't have to have all the answers. I think, you know, using the the seven dimensions of the seven characteristics, I call them dimensions on the website. So you might hear me say that interchangeably, the seven dimensions, um, you know, allowed me to figure out that, look, when someone asks me a question, it's a tough one, or I haven't been there in my career yet. Mm -hmm. It's okay for me to say, you know what, I want to think about it more. I want to give it, it's, it's what it, what it deserves. Let me get back to you. And if someone hears me say, I don't know, but we're going to get the right answer. I think they, they appreciate it. And if, if I was just going to sort of make it up as I go, when I didn't have the answer, I think it would come out, you know, it, it would, they would sort of see that I wasn't confident in any way, but so a, a great leader doesn't have all the answers, but knows where to find them. And I think uh, the, the characteristics that, that really speak to it is that you need to have the humility part to admit when you don't have the answer. And then you need the belief and the culture and the systems and the grit and the discipline to be able to find the right answers. Got it. Yeah. And that's something that I think, well, I would say pharmacy is kind of like that in general. I believe a lot of times it's, you have to f- kind of figure out the answer. You're not going to always know the answer to the question, but if you know how the resources to use, whether it's a Lexicomp, um, global RPH, uh, different resources, um, Tristle's compatibility book for you to go ahead and kind of identify the answer that you need. And 
um, that's something that it's very important within this profession is you're not going to know everything, but you should be able to kind of work your way through um, to kind of uh, come to a conclusion. And that's something that I can definitely see that playing a role when it comes to leadership as well. And uh, we finally got Alex here towards the end of the podcast. Welcome, Alex. Let me let me uh, let you get in, get some showtime. Yes. Hello. Sorry about that. I was caught up with some um, personal stuff, but I'm glad to uh, catch you at the end of the podcast. Um, I have no idea what was discussed. <laughs> Everything. Oh. <laughs> I'll probably have to listen and um, kind of, um, you know, learn from there. So. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what did they interrupt you guys in the conversation? No, 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 you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, we're just having a great time. We're kind of wrapping up. He was kind of giving us some of the misconceptions and, um, some of the myths when it comes to leadership in the pharmacy profession. And, um, basically for our last question was really, uh, this is just a personal question. I'm curious, what's it like practicing in Canada and have you ever practiced in America? Right. Yes. So usually when I speak to someone who is, has never been to Canada, they think some funny stuff about us. They (laughs) think that it's 40 below with six feet of snow and we live in igloos and we all play hockey. We say a a lot. I hope I didn't do that too many times this, this, this session, but I don't think so. (laughs) And we all drink Molson Canadian beer apparently all the way through too. (laughs) Um, so no, it's not uh, not exactly like that. I haven't worked uh, in the in in the states, um, but I would imagine that there's pharmacies probably similar in some ways. I, I think uh, pharmacy in Canada um, is, uh, you know, we're entry level PharmD uh, at uh, most universities. Uh, there's a, a university at or a pharmacy school at least one in ev- pretty much every province in Canada. Um, and from there, yeah, at least in Northern Ontario, pharmacists are still highly coveted in quite demand. Um, in Southern Ontario, um, maybe a little less so with a second pharmacy school that's there now. And um, us starting to now get into or being pushed into much more clinical roles, more vaccinating, more med reviews. Um, mm-hmm. Um, you know, making sure that the regulated technicians are, you know, doing more of their own scope, checking prescriptions without us co-signing, uh, making sure that it's just an overall team managing higher volumes, you know, lots of elderly population, lots of diabetes population, at least from, uh, f- from my areas of practice, uh, you know, pharmacists struggling to, um, deal with the volume and offload the technical duties to make sure that we're keeping up to the clinical part of what we have to do. And I'm I'm sure there are a lot of similarities, probably some, some intricate differences, but we just had to ask, we weren't sure um, if you had that opportunity, um, if you can kind of share on that, but I'm glad we're able to get you on here. This is our first, I guess, international episode. Uh, So we're glad to finally touch base with Canada. Uh, that was never in the plans, but, <laughs> but I, I think this is an awesome opportunity and um, hopefully, I don't know how many podcasts you've done, but we're extremely happy to have you as a guest um, and to be able to bring some of your leadership knowledge and also um, nutrition and wellness to us um, here in Florida and in the States and 
I highly recommend you guys buy the courses. Like I said, it's, it's only 47 and I believe $67 um, for the two different courses. Kind of look at it as, as reading a self-help book, um, something that you can, you can listen to, watch, and then kind of incorporate it. I'm going to do it myself. Um, I'm a man of my word, so I'm definitely going to do it. And, I, and I'll let you guys know what I think about the experience. I'm sure it's going to be great. So the seven dimensions of uh, leadership, having limitless humility, absolute autonomy, your, um, a yearn for culture. Uh, what was the first E? I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this off memory. Uh, <laughs> the first E, I know the second E was esoteric um, grit, right? The first That's what E. Think, see, that middle E never yeah. gets, never it, gets it the, the just, yeah. I'm gonna elemental that. belief though. You got it. Yes. Elemental belief. Um, R is relentless relentless systems structures system systems yeah. and structure yeah, relentless systems and structures um e esoteric grit and then um d decisive discipline um which is definitely one of my goals this year so i feel like uh you're you've been you're preaching to the choir here so i gotta i gotta i gotta tune in and watch these courses um because a lot of these things are something that i wrote down for my personal goals for 2022 so I'm definitely going to be tuning in um, and look forward to, to learning more and being a part of your course. And I'll just give you some feedback on it um, once I go through it. Um, but thank you again for being on. Is there anything else um, you'd like to plug or promote? No, I think you guys, you guys are doing a great job. I am completely humbled to you, your time and energy while in residency. <laughs> I, I can't imagine Um I'm sure you're going to, like I said, get a solid nine hours of sleep tonight. (laughs) You can, uh, you can, you can continue the conversation with, uh, with, with, uh, you know, all the, all the like-minded people involved uh, in the audience, but uh, layeredleadership.ca. You can, uh, you can catch the uh, layered leader, uh, layered leadership at Instagram. uh, And you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jason Chenard as well. Anytime. In, uh, in the course, if you get there, um, there is, uh, of course, the idea of jumping into the, the private discussion group. So you'll be able to download the free app from there. Uh, and I'd love to hear about how it's going, about what the problems are day to day, and about even com- continuing the conversations that have started within the course as you, uh, as you sort of absorb that material. You know, tell me if you, how your perfect morning is going or not going. Tell me if the type of pharmacy manager you are pairs with the doer or the thinker. I'd love to to hear about that and to uh, hear about more of your leadership and wellness transformation anytime. Definitely. And um, for everybody listening, I just want to end with this. Um, In the wise words of Jason Chenard, be rested, be fueled, be ready. Thank you.